And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. If some of you are joining us today and it's kind of your first time, or maybe it's been a while since you've been here and you're like, who in the world is that? Um, My name's Ryan, and uh, as today might be your first Sunday, today is my first Sunday as your new lead pastor. And um, our family is just beyond excited at the faithfulness of God and how he moves and works in our lives and we're so thankful for our time. We had the opportunity to serve here for, for five years under Pastor Terrell and Kathy and what amazing leaders and mentors that they've been in our lives. And so the whole, the whole idea about being able to kind of step in, to stand on their shoulders as they stood on the shoulders of those that have gone before them is just such an, a humbling reality. And we're really excited about all that God has for us as we begin to move into to this new season, to this next season of ministry. And um, I'll tell you what, I, I, this church has not had to experience a lot of transition in senior leadership because they've been blessed to have uh, pastors that would hang around for a really long time. And you don't, you don't see a whole lot of that, but because that's something that you might not be accustomed to, you might not realize how much God's hand was involved in this whole transition. You know, typically you would see a church like this have to go through probably nine months of, of just trying to, to, to pray and to, to hear from the Lord and to, to begin to, to weed through hundreds of of resumes and applicants and, and, and well-qualified pastors that, that would desire to come and to be your shepherds. And, and so for it to, to work the way that it did and God's hand and kind of the speed of how all of this has worked and then, and then to have, you know, we, our family was sitting on the couch and we were watching pastors last Sunday and wanted to be here, but we also wanted to give him his day. We didn't want to take away from his, from his day and to just to hear him up on this platform and calling our names and the names of our kids and, and just speaking kind of purpose and, and destiny for our church moving forward um, as your next lead pastor was amazing to be able to watch on a computer screen. So this morning, as we kind of we kind of step in to this new season of what God wants to do, I believe that He's deposited a word in my spirit that really is kind of a charge for us. A word that He's deposited into my spirit that that I believe that if we will lean into the idea that we're going to talk about today, that it has the potential to drastically change and impact not just our church community, but the communities that we're a part of. And so I really want to, I want to encourage you over these next few moments, 
kind of lean in, to open your ears and to open your heart and to be receptive of what the Lord has for all of us today. Would you pray with me? Father, again, we love you so much. And God, what an honor it is to be able to, to have the freedom today to be able to come and, and worship you together corporately. Father, we want to hear from you. And so God, as we get into your word and as we talk about your word, Lord, I pray that God, we begin to sense some, some speaking, some direction in our own lives. But God, today we make the choice to open our ears and open our heart to be receptive of all that you have for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I don't know about you, but uh, I have a really difficult time walking down uh, a beach or walking down the side of a lake and not picking up a stone and throwing it. Not picking up a stone and, and, and throwing it and see how many times I can, I can skip it across the water. There's just, there's something in me, it doesn't matter how old I get and it doesn't matter how deteriorated my arm gets that uh, I just want to bend down and I want to pick one up and I want to throw it and to see it hit the first time and the second time and the third time. And you know how, how that works. I mean, sometimes it's one time. That's, that's not too good of a throw, but... But it hits, and it hits, and it hits, and then the last few, it's like, do, 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 and then it's gone. There's something about that that just the visual of seeing a stone hit the water, and it began to skip, and the ripple effects that it leaves from every moment that the stone makes contact with water there's something about that. I don't know if you've ever thought of it this way, but there's something about that that is an amazing picture of the kind of life that God desires all of us to live. The kind of life that every time our influence and every time our life comes in contact with the world around us, that, that it just leaves ripple effects beyond the moment of contact. You know, one of my favorite movies um, is this movie called Gladiator, and it's got Russell Crowe, and I'm kind of dating myself since it, it was back early 2000s, but Russell Crowe stars as Maximus, and he's this kind of Roman general, well-respected. Uh, I, I, I kind of look at him as a man's man. Like, if you're in here and you're a guy, you know what a man's man, like, it's the kind of guy that even men look up to and want to be like, right? And, and that's who Maximus is. And I remember this part in the, in the movie, and, and, and the guys are getting ready to go into battle, and he comes riding in on his horse, and and he kind of gives this little, little speech to all the guys before they go into battle. And, and at the very end, the last statement that he makes is this, and most of you could probably repeat it, what we do in life echoes throughout eternity. What we do in life echoes throughout eternity. And this morning, as... As I kind of step on this platform and, and I pick up the baton, 
from pastors that have gone before me. And I stand before you as we begin to, to transition into a new season of ministry at Evangel. I look to you and I say what we do in life for God, that it echoes in eternity. That what we do from this moment on echoes in eternity. I can say it kind of like this, like, will we respond to what God is putting in our heart in a way to where we get so focused on paying the bills and going through the motions and, and experiencing a couple, a couple kind of goosebump spiritual moments in our lives from year to year? Or will we, as people and as a church, recognize that God has ordained every single one of us to be here today in this season and in this moment. And that we stand in a, a time and a period in what I would call the last days and, and God purposely chose you and chose me to stand in this place in such a time as this because he saw something and wired each one of us in such a way that he knows that if we will be willing and acceptable to be led by him in our lives, that the work that he can do through us individually and through this church can make a difference that echoes in eternity. Today, I want, to, I want us to look at one verse in Psalm 112, and I want to I talk to you from the title, Being a Difference Maker. Being a Difference Maker. In Psalm 112, we see this beautifully written psalm that describes the life and the influence of those who have chosen to pattern their lives after God instead of the world. In verse 6, we see this, this powerful statement that the psalmist makes where he says this. He says, surely the righteous will never be shaken. That's a statement. Surely the righteous will never be shaken. What does that mean, the righteous will never be shaken. Does it mean that the righteous, the people that kind of get it right all the time, the people that, that are perfect, that they always hear exactly what God is speaking and they always get their steps of faith right, they live this kind of perfect life, are they the righteous ones? Well, they can't be the righteous ones because God knows that we would never be able to live up to that kind of criteria. You see, in this verse, when it speaks of righteous, it's not speaking of people that are perfect, that don't have struggles, that don't have difficulties. It's, it's speaking of people that have done two things. People that have accepted Jesus as their Savior, but they've also allowed Jesus to be the leader of their life. Now, there's a big difference between the two. You see, Jesus as Savior, we... We have a moment in our lives at some point in our journey that we, we pray and we accept Jesus Christ into our heart, that we receive the free gift of salvation. 
But to be leader of the life means that not only do we receive the free gift, but we're willing to allow Jesus to call the shots in our lives. See, so oftentimes, especially in our world today, that there's a lot of us that we receive the free gift, Jesus as Savior, but we go on living our life the way we want to live it. And what the psalmist is saying here is the kind of people that not only have Jesus as Savior, but they also allow Jesus to be the leader of their life, that they won't be shaken. This word shaken doesn't mean that we're not going to mess up. It doesn't mean that we're not going to face difficult times because Jesus promised that we would, we would experience all of that. But what this word shaken means is that we won't deviate from the course that we're walking. In Proverbs, it's, it's kind of it's said like this, that, that a righteous man might trip seven times, but he gets back up. That's one of my favorite verses. Like, like you may fall, you may make mistakes, you may sin, you may have struggles, but you get back up. The second part of that verse says that, that the wicked, that all it takes is one disastrous moment in their lives for them to fall away. And what the psalmist is saying here is that that the righteous, that they won't be shaken. But look at this next part. They will be remembered forever. Their lives will be remembered forever. Another way to say it is, is those who make God's kingdom their priority above their own wants, above their own desires, that those kind of people are remembered. That those people are, are difference makers and the impact that they make in people's lives, that it, that, it, that it leaves ripples from one generation to another. Now, I don't know about you, but that's the kind of life that I want to live. I want to live the kind of life that, that has an impact on people's lives for all of eternity. And what's amazing about living life this kind of way is we get this this amazing promise in Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10, that says this. It says, God is not unjust, that he will not forget your work, that he's not going to forget the times that, that you've served at church. He's not going to forget the times that, that you've sacrificed some of your energy and some of your time to, to lead a small group. He's not going to forget the times that, that you've helped the needy and you've fed the hungry. He's not going to forget the times that you've, you, you've gone to a restaurant after church and you've left this huge tip and you've kind of spoken words of encouragement to the waiter or the waitress. He's not going to forget the times that, that you answered the phone at 2 a.m. because somebody was calling and they were having some struggles in their life or their marriage and you, you spent an hour or two hours talking with them in the morning and, and praying through with them. He's not going to forget the times that we've, that we've sacrificed our own wants and desires so that more people could experience the joy and the freedom that we have in Christ. And this promise, it says that he, he's not going to forget your work and the love that you have shown him. 
I mean, I think this is amazing that one of the ways that we show our love to God is the way that we impact other people's lives. It says, in the love that you have shown him as you've helped his people and continue to help them. So what does that look like? What does it look like in our lives to live this kind of way? What does it look like that, that our life and our influence can, can leave ripple effects, positive ripple effects that echo throughout eternity? Well, I want to give you this morning three quick characteristics that, that I think that we find in all people that are living life to be a difference maker. The first one is, is that difference makers have an eternal mindset. They have an eternal mindset. And what I mean by that is that they see past their own preferences, they see past their own problems, and they focus on what really matters in eternity. You know, one of the things that in scripture that, that, that I love about Jesus, I'm kind of, in my, I would consider myself very simple-minded. I wasn't the advanced students in high school, and fortunately, I, I graduated and I got a college degree, but it was by the skin of my teeth. And so I love how Jesus in scripture, when he tries to communicate kingdom principles, he doesn't throw out a bunch of big theological terms and he doesn't, doesn't go way over people's heads in order to elevate his own education, but he comes right down and he tells them stories and parables. And a lot of those, if you'll, if you'll read in scripture, a lot of those are agricultural nature because that was an agricultural society in those days. And so one of these examples of Jesus giving this kind of agricultural um, um, story or parallel addressing an eternal mindset is found in John chapter 4, verse 35. Now what's fascinating is that this, he's speaking to the disciples and this is on the backside of his interaction with the Samaritan woman. And so Jesus is telling the disciples in this moment in verse 35, he says, open your eyes. Open your eyes. And Jesus goes on to tell him, and open your eyes and complain about, about the color of the tractor and, and the color of, of paint on the barn and the kind of wood that's used. And No. He says, open your eyes. And he says, look at the fields, for they are ripe for harvest. Jesus tells them, have the mindset, have the perspective, don't focus on what's here, but look beyond that to the fields that they are ripe for harvest. Jesus is trying to help them to understand, don't get so focused on, on things that have very little eternal significance. Friend, there are 7.8 billion people that are on planet Earth right now. And three in space. Um, <laughs> and 2.4 billion of those people profess to be Christians. That's, if I do my math correctly, that's, what is that, 5.4 billion 
billion people that don't know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Right now, studies show that some 2 billion people haven't even heard the gospel message yet. That one out of five people across the entire world are still waiting for a Bible to be translated in their language. That right now, in 2019, studies show that two-thirds of 18 to 29-year-olds that grew up in church are leaving the church. Two-thirds are leaving the church. That we see the family dynamic in our culture, we see it deteriorating, we see division, we see this, this kind of heightened of, of opinions and positions, and, and it's almost like Jesus is kind of off in the distance, and all of this is kind of the society that we live in, and I think, I think Jesus is challenging all of us to get to this place where, where we look beyond what's in front of us, and we look to the fields, like they are ripe for harvest. And so a difference maker has this eternal mindset, one that's willing to sacrifice their preferences and, and their desires and their wants to see the big picture of reaching lost people. Another characteristic is that discipleship difference makers, they understand sacrifice. Ooh, that's a bad word in our culture today, isn't it? Sacrifice. Sacrifice, not just unpopular in our culture, but we've seen through the years, of, especially in the American church, how the idea of sacrifice and not wanting to do that has is, is kind of creeped its way into the American church. And, and you know, I, I like to think that I'm still young. I'm 44. I guess, I guess maybe not so much anymore. I've been following Jesus for 23 years, but the one thing that, that I know beyond a shadow of a doubt following Jesus for 23 years is that no one can make a difference without giving up something. None of us can make a difference without giving up something that difference makers, they put the kingdom of God first. And as a result, they choose to do less for themselves so that they can do more for others. Jesus said it this way in John 15, 13. He said, greater love has no one than this. Than what? To lay down their life. I'd say that's a pretty big sacrifice. That love, that the true love of us as we love God is to love others in such a way that we're willing to make some sacrifices so that other people can can experience the freedom that we have in Christ. Jesus says in Mark chapter 10, verse 44, he says the path to promotion and prominence, or another way to say that is, 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 is the path to being a difference maker or making a difference, that it comes by having the heart of a bond slave who serves everyone. Why? Why for us to be a difference maker, do we have to have this heart where we're serving everyone? Well, in verse 45, we see that that's what Jesus modeled. For even the Son of Man did not come expecting to be served, but he came, he came to serve 
Look at this, to give his life as, as the ransom price in exchange for the salvation of many. Like when we think about our lives as followers of Christ and this idea of being a difference maker and, and what that looks like in our lives, like God didn't call us to give us a free gift for us to just go kind of about our life and do life our way. He, he, didn't, he didn't give us this free, free gift. He didn't give us this amazing thing called the church where we get to come together and corporately worship so that, that and it, it's my first Sunday, so I don't know what you guys do and what you don't, but you know, he, he, he doesn't give us this gift so we argue about different things and colors of chairs and, and temperature and like all these things in the American church that we lose the understanding of uh, that there's a whole lot of churches outside of America that don't have any of this, right? And wouldn't it be a shame in the last days with 5.4 billion people not knowing Christ as their Savior, with, with two-thirds of 18 to 29-year-olds getting out of the church and going into this, this world that really has nothing to offer them. Wouldn't it be a shame if we sit back and we kick our feet up and we're like, we're like thank God I'm saved and, and uh, you know, why don't we do this and why don't we do that and I like this and I want this and we got our own preferences and our desires. Like, wouldn't that be a shame? Like, what would it, what would it look like? I'm gonna go a little long today, I'm sorry. I don't normally do that, but, but wouldn't it be a shame? I mean, what if, what if God looked down the revival that we pray for and we desire. And, you know, if you're anything like me, you've got family members that, that aren't followers of Christ. You've got family members that are, that are on drugs, they're addicted, they're struggling. You've got, maybe you're walking through something in your own life. Like, what would it look like if God looked down and he found some churches and Evangel was one of those churches that he's like, those people aren't perfect. Their lives aren't perfect, but these people, deep down in their heart, they want to be difference makers. And they don't want to live on this earth just to kind of get by and to receive their free gift, but they, they want me to work through them. They want, to, they want to do what I want done in this church and through this church. Like, like maybe, I cannot believe I'm going here on my first Sunday. Um, none of this stuff's in my notes. And so Andrew is like, you're not going to be able to do that next time. Um, <laughs> I think that one of the things, um, okay, thank you. <laughs> you've heard, you've heard the whole joke about like, would somebody give me five minutes? And then you're like five, 10, 15, 20, 25. Um, I'm not going to do that to you, but, um, I think that one of the one of the attacks of the enemy to the American church, the local church, that gets them distracted from reaching lost people and making a difference and an impact is the battle that he creates through the generations within the church. 
why am I going this direction on my first Sunday? I don't know. And we get, we get so focused on what we want, what makes us enjoy our Christian Americanized church experience. And we get so focused on the weeds in front of us that we lose sight of the harvest that's out there. But Jesus is like, stop fighting over the tractors and the barns. <laughs> And look out to the harvest. They're ripe. Like, like church, where does a light shine the brightest in darkness, right? Our world is just messed up right now. Is our light going to shine because we're like, we're shooting all of our political opinions all over social media and, and all of that kind of stuff? Man, I'm going there on my first Sunday. <laughs> I posted this past week. Now, what, what would it look like if Christians were this devoted to posting and communicating the gospel on social media as they are their political beliefs? Like, like I think we're losing sight. I think we're getting focused on not that politics and all that stuff, like I got my, my, my feelings and all, not that that's not important, but that's not the fix. Like the fix is a church that's passionately in love with Jesus, sold out to be living a life that's on mission. That's the fix. Sacrifice. What would it look like if we as a church, I mean, here, here's my heart. I'm going to lay it out so you know where we're going. Like, like I am flat out going after the next generation. Flat out going after them. And here's what I'm asking. I'm asking that all of us give a little. I'm asking all of us sacrifice a little. But for those of you, what I call the wiser in the room, those that once went the next generation, those that were once the young adults that somebody went after you, what I'm asking of you is to, to give us grace that as we began to say, no, devil, you're not going to steal the 18 to 29-year-olds in our nation. No, you're not going to steal our kids. That, that, that we're going to reach them before we have to rescue them. Like, we're going to be a church that's on mission. I'm asking you, wiser adults, to lean in. Like, I know it's a huge ask. I know it's a huge ask. But I'm asking you to lean in because we're going to make some some adjustments here and there. And we're going to do some things so that your grandkids and your kids say, I'm not going to leave church. I'm going to go to church. We all, most of us in this room, if we died today, we're going to heaven. Like our, our destination is fixed. Like it's taken care of. Why does it matter? Like we know where we're going. Like, Why does all that matter? Like, like if somebody comes in and takes our seat, and we've been sitting there for 20 years. <laughs> Why does it matter? Like, if anybody wants my seat over there, have it. Like, I'll stand off to the side during worship. No big deal. Like, 
Like, let's sacrifice. Let's, let's be a church. Let's be a people that give of ourselves, that we, we have a little bit less. And I'm not talking finances. I'm talking about just, just everything in our lives. Let's, let's give up a little bit less of ourselves, you know, so that other people can have more. And let's see... Let's see us having to go to multiple services, not because of COVID. Let's see us go to multiple service because we are reaching lost people and lives are being changed and people are being set free from drugs and alcohol and marriages are being restored. I'll take a little sacrifice so that other people can experience the kind of love, the kind of grace and the kind of mercy and the kind of purpose that God's given me in my own life. Number three, there are no longer quick points. <laughs> Number three, difference makers have a sense of urgency. Hear me? They got a sense of urgency. We are in the last days. In the last days. What you're seeing in our nation and what you're seeing on the news should not surprise us. I mean, it's been prophesied thousands of years ago. But with that said, let's not be the type of Christians that get so excited for the return of Christ for our own benefit. We don't have a sense of urgency to take what God has given us to begin to extend it to the 5.4 billion people that don't know Christ. Let us have a sense of urgency that, that we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna help people get translations of the Bible in their own language. Let's have a sense of urgency that we're going to reach these young adults that are, are leaving the church in droves. The Apostle Paul said in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17, he said, so be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. And, and how do we do that? How do, how do we live like somebody who's wise? Well, in verse 16, it says, make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Another translation says it like this. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. Friend, there's this amazing story in Genesis chapter 11 and 12 and there's a lot of people that in that passage or those two chapters that are being referred to, but there's two individuals that really become the focus of those two chapters. One of them is Abraham, and the other one is his father. Abraham, you know, most people have, have heard of him, even if, if you didn't grow up in church or haven't been around church, you've probably heard of Abraham. You might not be familiar of all the ins and outs of his life, but you've heard of his name before. He's listed in Hebrews 11 and what I call the hall of faith. 
But his father, most people haven't heard of him. And what we see in Genesis 11 is verses 10 through 25, it begins to list the nine, nine generations leading up to Abraham. And the only thing that's mentioned in those verses is the name of the individual, how old they are, and the names of their children. And then for some reason, God decides that he wants to unpack. In verse 26, and step aside from the list that's happening and to begin to talk a little bit about Abraham's dad, whose name was Terah. And in Genesis 11, verse 31, it says that Terah took his son Abram, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarah, and the wife of his son Abram. And together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. Now, what most of us don't know is that's a thousand mile journey. That something significant had to have happened in Terah's life. I mean, they, they didn't have cars, they didn't have airplanes, none of that back then. So you could imagine what a thousand mile journey would have been like. And here, Terah decides to uproot his entire family and to set out for this thousand mile journey. I mean, could it be that God originally called Terah to go to Canaan with the same promises that he later ended up giving to his son, Abraham? I don't know. But it had to be something significant that caused him to uproot his entire family and to make this thousand mile journey. And in verse 31 at the end, it says, but when they came to Haran, they settled there. They settled there. He was 400 miles away from Canaan and Terah settled there. Friend, we don't always know why he settled, but there's a lot of reasons why we settle in our own lives. But what we know about Terah is that he's only mentioned a few other times in short, barely mentioned in the rest of Scripture. Could it be that the reason why God decided to unpack verse 26 a little bit more and to stop at Terah and to give some explanation, could it be that God was trying to speak to us that if you want to be a difference maker, if you want to leave a ripple effect from your life and influence that, that echoes throughout eternity, don't settle. Don't settle where you are today. But get up and get back moving. Be laser focused to live a life that's on mission and on purpose. Choose to have an eternal mindset be willing to give up some things for the greater good of reaching lost people and then have a sense of urgency 
Don't get lulled asleep in these last days, happy with the fact that your, your eternal security is settled, that you've got this gift, that you're going to heaven, but have a sense of urgency to reach lost people. Don't settle. Would you bow your head with me this morning? Father, we, we come to you now. God, when you give us charges like this, it's not easy. But they're always setups for a greater life. And so, Lord, today, Lord, if we've settled, Lord, we ask you to forgive us. If we've settled in our own life, if as a church we've got kind of comfortable, Lord, today we receive the call, today we'd lean in. And as, it, as Isaiah said in chapter six, here I am, send me. We take that kind of, of, uh, of mindset in our own life that God, we're ready, we're poised. We're gonna choose to look out to the harvest. We're gonna choose to leverage our life and our influence to make an impact that echoes throughout. that I breathe to be on purpose for the kingdom of God that my, the life that I'm living and the struggles that I'm walking through I want my children I want one day for my grandchildren I want my neighbors and those that I come in contact with every day to see and hear and feel that Jesus loves them amen Amen. We want to thank you so much for being here with us this morning. And we've got a couple announcements today that we're going to make, exciting things that we're going to be doing. But first off, we want to say, if this is your first time here with us today, if you chose to worship the Lord with us here in this auditorium, in this sanctuary, and you made it through the rain, we want to thank you for being here today. For those of you that are online and you're watching for the very first time today, we want to thank you so much. If you wouldn't mind going to evangelag.org and filling out a connect card, you'll get to know a little bit more about us and who we are and what we desire to do in this community. God has placed this church on this street in this community and don't you want to win our neighbors in this community no matter what color they are or what what if they are male or female don't you want to reach the lost for Jesus Christ in this neighborhood we want to thank you so much for being here with us for the very first time a couple quick announcements uh, this coming Wednesday we are going to be meeting with all of the youth and their parents 
We know we're in a transition there as well. And Ryan and I would love to meet with you. We have children ourselves. And so we have teenagers, not kids, teenagers. They're older, they're teenagers. And we want to be able to pour into their lives. So if you are interested in just uh, giving some feedback, we'd love to hear what you have to think about that. Please sign up in your church app. And um, we need just need a head count for that. But it'll be this Wednesday night. And next, on October 18th, we are going to be reopening Kid Venture on Sunday morning. Isn't that awesome? Praise God. We are moving forward in this COVID. Awesome. But um, just we ask you to be in prayer for um, Craig and Scott and the team as they prepare for that to make it safe and and just an amazing experience for our kiddos. So we want you guys to know that October 18th, we're going to reopen Kid Venture and, and preschool and nursery. However, it'll just be for Sunday morning. So we're, we're waiting on the Wednesday nights. We're going to start right there and kind to unpack that and see how that goes. But that's October 18th. Well, finally, we just want to thank you so much for your faithfulness in giving. You know, what you give to the church, honestly, is for the kingdom. It is for this ripple effect of eternity. And we want to thank you that you have been so faithful in your giving. I know we can't have our ushers pass the buckets this morning. We've got things that in the, in the back that you can drop your offering out. But we want to thank you. You know, Ryan and I have been married for almost 22 years. And we have tithed for 22 years. My dad was a pastor. And so he taught me how to tithe when I was a little girl. And it's one of our... If not, it is our very first check that we write out. We write out our check to the local church. We believe in the local church and the work that they can do in our cities and in our communities. But we want to thank you so much for your, your giving. Let's stand together. Are you ready? Are you ready to be a difference maker this week? In your schools, kids, are you ready? In your homes, are you ready to be a difference maker? Well, let's just in this moment, ask the Lord to help us this week. Can you just, if you feel comfortable, lift your hands as an act of surrender to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for another opportunity, another week to be your light and your love and your grace and your mercy and your compassion in this world. So empower us, Holy Spirit, not to speak our own words, but to speak yours. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to open our eyes and see that the harvest is ripe and there are souls ready and willing to follow Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen and amen. We love you guys so much and we will see you here next Sunday. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and His church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 10.30 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee, we have fantastic programs for kids and youth, 
and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.